What's going on, man? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we got something a little bit different. This is going to be the first video of the offseason talking about the NFL draft. The NFL draft is probably easily my favorite event in all of sports. I love the NFL draft. On this channel, you're going to see a lot of draft content about the rookies, about the QBs, running backs, wide receivers, the offseason moves. I might come out with a little dream scenario for the Jets in the offseason. I'm a Jets fan. Sad life, but it's an honest living, fellas. But today we're going to get into this mock draft. As you guys can see, we're on the Draft Network mock draft machine. And as you guys saw in the title, there's going to be a couple trades in this draft. So I had to go out there, spend the quick 30 bucks on this fucking, the premium version of this fucking website. So if you guys are rocking with the channel, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like, comment, especially because I just invested a quick $30 into this, in, this video. But at the same time, we wipe our ass with $30 over here. I fucking deliver pizzas, all right? I, I got money. I got money to make money. This is going to be a fun video. I think it's going to be fun to look at the draft right now because what I think almost over half of the teams are pretty much locked in at this point because week 17 just wrapped up. So that's why I wanted to hop in today do a mock draft. This is probably my favorite part of the year. Like I said, it's kind of like, it's almost like Christmas time for me, you know? Let's get straight into this video, man. The Jags are on the clock, baby. I don't know. Yo, if that looks sick, feel free to put a little montage with fucking lights and shit. I don't know, man. I don't know what else to do, but here we go. All right, so Jaguars first pick on the clock. Not even going to waste any time. Trevor Lawrence easily is going to be the pick here. It's not really even up for debate. I'm a Jets fan, so I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i been talking my friends into this. Oh, maybe Urban Meyer goes to the Jaguars. Maybe he falls in love with the quarterback. But I'm not even sure that Urban Meyer recruited Justin Fields. He might have been gone by the time he transferred, but I don't know. There's ties there. You know what I mean? There's ties there. If Justin Fields, Justin Fields just lit up Clemson. If he goes out there, he lights up Alabama maybe maybe something happens but there's really not much to to say besides trevor lawrence to jaguars it seems like they've had a, a proper tank this far they've actually been losing more games than the jets or they lost more games than the jets this is a team that yes they have needs in other spots but at the end of the day it's trevor lawrence this is going to be this is a once in a generation type prospect so there's really not much else to say about it. there's a big debate between if it should be justin fields for the jets if it should be zach wilson for the jets and for me uh, I think that the the idea that the Jets keep Sam Darnold is a nightmare. I think I think that there's probably a 10% chance that they keep him and you build around him. But here's the problem. He's on his fourth year of his deal. Next year, the fifth year option is going to be around $20 million. Then if, even if he's playing at a mediocre level, this is still a young quarterback that's 23-24. His value on the market is going to be expensive. And he's not a quarterback that I, I, I trust to the point where I want him locked into 18 to $25 million a year for five years. It's not it, That's a nightmare for me. Then we're all over in the same spot because then... We build a decent team around him. He goes seven and nine again. Next year we'll probably collapse. And it just it just we keep on restarting the rebuild when we're sitting at the clock at number two. We'll call Sam Donald a miss. We had Adam Gase. It screwed up his whole thing, but it's not Sam's fault. It's his contract's fault. It's the team's fault. We kind of set him up to fail this year with a really bad roster that we knew we were going to tank with. And because I think that Joe Douglas knew we were going to tank, I think that he wants to come out here and pick a quarterback. To me, Justin Fields is one of the best quarterback prospects in the last couple years. I know that Trevor Lawrence is out here dominating this draft class, but to me, Justin Fields, he had production as a sophomore. He has production as a junior. He looks good in the playoffs. He's a mobile quarterback. He doesn't make a lot of, uh, he doesn't turn the, bo the ball over a lot. He's a guy that I really like. I think he has some Deshaun Watson to him. I think he has some Russell Wilson to him, some Dak Prescott, you know, a little bit mobile, 
safe with the the uh, with the with the ball. He's gonna make a lot of plays. I, I love him at quarterback, and I think that he is somebody that can really turn the Jets around. That's a pick I'd be excited about. Now with this next pick, we have the Dolphins on the clock. Psych. All right, boys. The first trade of today, we have. The 49ers giving up the 12th overall pick, the 44th overall pick, their 2022 pick next year, or their first round pick next year, their second round pick next year, and the third round pick next year for the third overall pick. Let's see. Let's see if the offer goes through. And congratulations to the Dolphins has accepted the offer. So now the 49ers move up. And to me, why this move made a lot of sense is because they have no other needs besides quarterback. They have they have wide receivers. They have a tight end. They have their O-line. Their running back, Kyle Shannon doesn't even like to uh, like to get a, a big name running back. And they would never do that at 12 anyways. Then you look at the D-line. D-line, super solid. Bosa. They got uh, Ford. They got fucking Javon Kinlaw. Fred Warner at linebacker. They're, everything is, is sick. Besides, maybe you could make the case maybe they need some secondary help. But, I mean, if they if they re-sign Sherman, uh, Witherspoon looked good. If they bring back Jason Verrett, they, they got some solid pieces. Their safety is a little, bit, a little bit soft, but nothing that's super pressing. So I think it makes sense for them. I know that a 2021 first, a 2021 second, and three, their first three picks of the next year's draft is a lot. But I think Zach Wilson is also an elite prospect, just as Justin Fields is. I think Zach Wilson is another guy that could have been a first overall pick in another class. I think that this is a historically good quarterback class. So I think the 49ers come up, they grab the quarterback of the future. He's a West Coast guy, Zach Wilson. He played at BYU. He goes to San Francisco. I think it's a match made in heaven. I think that Kyle Shanahan would have a lot of fun in him in the offense. He could also, even, even if he's not going to start on day one, he can kind of get groomed behind Jimmy Garoppolo. It's also a run-first offense, so they can kind of ease him into it. But to me, he's a guy that can start on day one. So I love Zach Wilson to the 49ers. He's going to fit in there super nice. At number four, this is crazy. I'm not sure if this has ever happened before, but four quarterbacks are going to go in the top four. The... The Falcons, they're going to take, uh, I'm not sure where Trey Lance is, but Trey Lance is a guy that is similar to a Carson Wentz, similar to a Josh Allen from a FCS school that just fucking has a, a crazy arm, mobile, tall, physical, has all the traits in the world, and it's perfect because he, he might have the highest upside out of these four quarterbacks. It's hard to say that with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. He has super high upside. He has Josh Allen level upside. He has Carson Wentz in his prime level upside. So he's a scary player. The only problem is that he's a boomer bust prospect. And I think this is a great situation for him because the Falcons, they, they might not be so quick to move on from Matt Ryan. I'm not sure how many years are left in his deal, but I'm not sure if they trade him. I'm not sure. They might just keep him there and just have kind of an Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes kind of thing going on. So I think it makes sense for them to bring in Trey Lance. He doesn't have to start right away. They can ease him into it. This is a team that, yes, they, they're picking fourth overall, but I think that their roster is a little bit better than that. It's also a team with a lot of weapons. You know, Hayden Hurst, you got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Olamide Zacchaeus uh, showed uh, some good hands. You had Russell Gage, who showed himself as a good receiver. So this is a spot that a young quarterback could really thrive in because there's a lot of players to throw to. And then we have the Bengals on the clock. And the Bengals, I think that this is another pick that's super easy. Very easy pick. It's going to be Penny Sewell. He's apparently some sort of generational offensive tackle uh, prospect. Now, I will say my specialties are in quarterback, running back, wide receiver. And I'm pretty good everywhere else. But the, the offensive line... That's not something that I, I, you can't even, you can't even go on YouTube and look up highlights for an offensive lineman. And if you can, it's like probably 30, 40 seconds of all 22 footage. I'm never going to come out here and tell you guys that I'm some offensive line guru, but from what I've heard, Penny Sewell, he's amazing. He's a blue chip type prospect and Joe Burrow just broke everything in his fucking knee. And you don't want, you don't want an Andrew Luck situation. So bring it, they're going to bring in Penny Sewell, completely assure that up. I think that's their most pressing need right now. And hopefully they get their cornerstone left tackle of the future because I really want to see Joe Burrow be great. Then you have the Eagles. 
are now on the clock. And there's a lot of options for the Eagles, but I think the one that makes the most sense is that they go with Jamar Chase here. I think you draft Jamar Chase, you surround Jalen Hurts with weapons, and it seems like Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback of the future. So you might as well add another weapon. They have Dallas Goddard, they have Jalen Rager, but past that, it's pretty murky. And on top of that, I'm not sure what's up with the Eagles, but it seems like they're maybe they're trainers. I don't know what it is with like their medical staff, but people are always hurt on the Eagles. Might as well bring in another wide receiver, add some depth. And as high as I was on Jalen Rager last year, I think now uh taking a step back at it Jalen Rager he might be more of a complimentary receiver I'm not sure if he can ever be the one in an NFL offense maybe like a 1b 1a kind of guy to me he kind of profiles as like uh like a Christian Kirk like a Jarvis Landry type role not a Jarvis Landry Jarvis Landry but a J- like because he obviously doesn't play like Jarvis Landry but that kind of role in an offense you know what I mean I'm not sure he's ever going to be the Julio Jones I'm not sure he has that kind of stuff in his upside whereas Jamar Chase he is the real deal he can be Amari Cooper Julio Jones he can be Kenny Galladay he's got a lot of really good comps in his range of outcomes and I think he's going to be really good at the next level he's a guy who we know how good Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson absolutely fucking killed it this year as a rookie he killed it at LSU and the crazy part is that Justin Jefferson wasn't even the wide receiver one in college. Jamar Chase was. Jamar Chase outproduced him as a true sophomore, 19-year-old kid. He outproduces Justin Jefferson, who goes in, out into the NFL draft, gets drafted in the first round, and breaks the single-season rookie receiving yard record. So to me, what Jamar Chase can be, because he was the wide receiver one in an offense with a guy like Justin Jefferson, he's the real deal. He he could be one of the greatest. He he If he had played this year and LSU had been good, he could have been one of the greatest wide receiver prospects of all time up there with a guy like Calvin Johnson. Now, next up, we have Detroit, and someone that was uh, on my radar for Detroit would definitely have been Devonta Smith, and I think it would make a lot of sense. I think it only makes sense though if Kenny Galladay walks. In this scenario, I believe Kenny Galladay stays. I think he re-signs, and they go Mika Parsons. He's the best player available. He can. He's a rangy linebacker. He's a, a team captain. He was great at Penn State. He sat out a year. He's still going to be a top six to eight player he's a a blue chip type prospect he can play inside he can play outside I think he can even rush the passer a little bit I'm not sure uh to what degree you actually want him being that full-time but he's just a playmaker the Detroit Lions were dead last in yards given up points allowed all that shit they were one of the worst defenses in the league if not the worst then we have the Panthers and the Panthers go Patrick Sertain out of Alabama and I, it's tough. That That's a tough pick right there because I think Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense. But I don't think that this is a team that wants to keep on building. The offense has so many weapons already. It has DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. I know Curtis Samuel is going to be free agent. I expect him to come back. So you have DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Ian Thomas, Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey. You already have weapons. I'm not sure how much they need a Kyle Pitts. So that's why I'm saying on defense, all they have alongside Dante Jackson is Razul Douglas who got cut from the Eagles, bad secondary. Rizul Douglas was playing under a million dollars this year. He's not even signed through 2021. They might bring him back, but he's not a guy that you can confidently start on the perimeter. He's a he's a, a depth guy. So you go out there, you get Patrick Sertain. His dad was in the NFL. Patrick Sertain, he seems, he seems like a legit prospect, kind of just like a bus-proof, pro-ready type corner that can start on day one, and that's what the Panthers need. Then... Next up, you have Denver. And this is kind of a weird pick, but I think this is the direction they go. They go Quiddy Pie. Now, on the surface, you might say, Ron, what the, what are we doing here? They have Von Moe, they have Bradley Trouble. Here's the problem. One of them are always hurt, and they're both only signed through 2021. So it makes sense for them to get another edge rusher in their stable so that they can move on from... Because you can, there's no way that you can have the cap room to, ex, to have both the guy Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on payroll. By the time that both of their contracts are up, you're going to have to unload 
an insane amount of money on both of them. So you stay with that. They would have liked a quarterback here, but because the 49ers jumped all the way ahead, all four went. I don't think I think this is too high for Mac Jones. I think the Broncos are a player to move up at the back end of the first to get a Mac Jones. But here they take Quiddy Pie. I've heard raving reviews about him. He's looked good at Michigan. Uh, and there's really no no like price too high to pay on an edge rusher. So they add one of the best edge rushers in this class. I think what the first one taken here, and then you have Dallas Cowboys on the clock. And this was this is an easy pick. This was an easy pick. It's going to be Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Arguably the cornerback with the highest ceiling in this draft. He played out of Virginia Tech. This Dallas Cowboys team, they have, they were decimated all year, man. Their, their secondary is one of the worst. Uh, Jordan Lewis, Shadobia Awuze is not getting the job done. Bringing a, a top 10 talent, what they should have done with Jalen Ramsey was on the clock. Get Caleb Farley. You get... Uh, easy, your your cornerback one, you lock him in there, and hopefully you build onto the secondary. You give Dak a defense to fall back on, and then you get the Giants in here. They're on the clock at eleven, and I think I, I think a wide receiver would have made a lot of sense to them. I think Devonta Smith is somebody I eyed down because I think that Daniel Jones needs one more. I think Darius Slayton's good. I think Sterling Shepard's good. I, I don't expect Golden Tate to stay. Evan Ingram is decent. Saquon Barkley, obviously, we know who he is. I think they just need that alpha wide receiver, but I think here it makes too much sense for them not to go Gregory Russo out of Miami. And he looked great, man. He's a guy that in like only his second year, he had 15 and a half sacks. He was, he's 6'7", 265 guy. He's he's a guy that has proven that he can rush the, the edge. I, I assume that he has some question marks if he's not going like top five. I haven't heard any top five about uh, Gregory Russo. I haven't looked into too much of his tape from his sophomore year. I know that I think that he opted out this year. Gregory Russo, though, he looks like a great edge rusher. I'm not, I can't even name uh, an edge rusher on the Giants right now. There's They have nobody. It's No, I literally, they have Leonard Williams, they have interior guys, but they have nobody on the edge. And that's obviously the most important part of your team on defense. You need an edge rusher. And hopefully Gregory Russo can be a guy that, that really helps them. Now we have the Dolphins picking out of the 49er spot. And this is an easy pick for them. They're going to go Devonta Smith, Heisman winner. And that's all you got to say. You pair him up with this college quarterback, Tua Tugavaiola. You get Devonta Smith in there. Devonta Smith, I think, is a perfect wide receiver for a guy like Tua. They already played in college. Devonta Smith, he's always open. People are going to say, oh, he's skinny. He's this, he's that. And I'm going to have my takes about that for fantasy football. But for now, I think Devonta Smith is going to be somebody that gets drafted highly. I could see him even sneaking into the top 10, top 8. Because when you have a guy that wins a Heisman, he's gonna. I know he's going to run fast, probably 4 fours. He might put, even put on a little bit of weight before the combine. He's going to have a lot of buzz. A wide receiver that wins the Heisman has only happened four times in the history of the Heisman Award, which is, dude, the Heisman Award goes back pretty fucking far, man. There, there's guys out there with leather helmets that won the Heisman. So Devonta Smith getting that as a, as a wide receiver is insane. And I'm honestly happy for the dude. He he goes out there his junior year. He's kind of playing second fiddle to, uh, not Jalen Waddle, but he's playing second fiddle to like Jerry Judy. It was Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, Waddle, probably Ruggs after that. I don't know. That's kind of the pecking order, but he goes back for a senior year. He knows that he's... Last year, he probably would have gotten drafted early second round, if I was to guess, probably like in the T. Higgins range, but he goes out there, he bets on himself, he improves his draft stock, and it's just really cool to see, man. It's inspiring. I really liked his, uh, his Heisman speech was cool too, man. He's kind of like a, like a, a soft-spoken dude, but he's really about it, and he's just all about like, size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter for Devonta Smith. I, I, I love the message. He's not somebody that I would ever put over, um, what's his name? He's not somebody I'd ever put over Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase has one of the all-time greatest prospect profiles. Even if he had played this year, it would be probably one of the best of all time. It's a little bit shaky because he only has two years of production and he sat out his third year, but 
Come on, Jamar, don't don't even play with me with Jamar Chase. He's he's all, he's all time. Then you got the Chargers. They're gonna draft Christian Derisaw, OT out of Virginia Tech, and you just gotta protect Curit. Uh, you gotta protect Herbert. He's your franchise guy. There is no reason to go in any other direction. You grab the OT. You can you can put him alongside uh what's his name Balaga. You can play right tackle, left tackle at Virginia Tech. He's he's clean. He's a good offensive tackle. And then back to back. The Vikings go with Rashawn Slater, and the Vikings are known. They've had one of the worst O-lines. All they did to really improve their O-line last year after taking wide receiver and corner, they just grabbed Urza Cleveland. Urza Cleveland, he's solid, but he's not someone going to just flip your offensive line around in, in one year. So you bring in Rashawn Slater. He's a guy that can play guard or tackle, and you just need guys that can plug and play on this team, uh, especially on the offensive line, because it's built around Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook obviously makes it work with a bad offensive line, but you bring in a guy like Rashawn Slater, and you just want to keep on building those you want to keep on building it out through the draft in the first round. I'm not sure the Vikings have any other pressing needs. I mean, the secondary is a pressing need, but you got to get the offensive line in there. You got to protect Kirk. You got to get Dalvin Cook some some better running lanes. Even though he's sick, but he could have a Derrick Henry type season if they gave him the volume behind the good offensive line. Then you have the Patriots up. And the Patriots, it's easy. They're going to go Kyle Pitts. This is their next Rob Gronkowski, their next Aaron Hernandez. This is a team that that has always been built on tight ends until this year. They haven't seen success. So I see Bill kind of getting in his bag a little bit, being like, fuck, like Devin Asiasi, Dalton fucking Kane. Like we don't we need a, a tight end. We need someone we can throw to. Fuck Nikhil Harry. We don't we don't even need wide receivers. We'll we'll go out there with Philip Dorsett and we'll go out there with Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird and we'll just run Kyle Pitts as our wide receiver one. So they get Kyle Pitts. He's a stud. He looked great at Florida, man. He looks like a guy if he if he transferred positions to wide receiver in college he could have maybe uh, gone for a Heisman he's he's just a mismatch the next pick after that we're gonna go with JC Horn to the Cardinals and if you guys watch that game South Carolina versus Florida JC Horn was I've never seen this before especially in college but JC Horn a couple of plays he was lining man on man in Kyle on Kyle Pitts like in the slot or at the tight end spot if any of you guys are, are curious about that film let me know and I'll get it to you on Twitter or something like that I remember seeing that highlight somewhere but he was giving Kyle Pitts some problems he was physical and on the line in coverage, I really like what J.C. Horn looks like, and Pat Pete's contract is up. He's getting old, and even if he if he resigns, you need a cornerback too. If he doesn't resign, you get J.C. Horn. He's your cornerback one, so it's a win-win scenario. After that, we're gonna go Raiders, and I think the the guy that makes the most sense is gonna be Jer Jeremiah Owusu Karama. It's a tough name to say, but he's this rangy linebacker out of Notre Dame. He can play on the edge. He can play in pass coverage. He can play anything you need in the outside linebacker spot, and he plays at a big school. I think Mike Mayock, John Gruden, they they love they love to overdraft these guys out of the big schools. I'm not saying that this guy out of Notre Dame is going to be bad, but I'm saying that he fits that archetype of a uh, a player that is is fast, rangy. He comes from a big school, so I think Jeremiah Owusu Karma makes a lot of sense here. And now the Dolphins at 18. Y'all ready for this? At 18, the Dolphins go Jalen Waddle. Now, some of you guys might say that that's wild. Why would they take two wide receivers? I think it makes a lot of sense. So Tua struggled this year, and I think that they're going to build around Tua the same way that the Broncos build around Drew Locke. I know they didn't see a lot of success with it, but at a certain point, you have to build around your young quarterback and give him so many weapons to the point where there's no excuses. This year, there were times where I think Devontae Parker got hurt, Preston Williams got hurt, Mike Gusecki got hurt down the stretch, and Tua got a lot of bad press, man, but he was throwing to guys like uh, Jakeem Grant. He was throwing to guys like uh, Matt Collins at a US UNC. He was throwing to Adam Shaheen, the backup tight end. It was, 
and his his running back was Miles Gaskin. It was Salvin Ahmed. It was a lot of really like it was it was a shitty offense, man. It, like it's surprising they went ten and six when if you look at those last like six games what they were r- working with on offense, it was tough. And Devontae Parker to me will never be an alpha wide receiver on a championship winning team. So you go out there, you grab Jalen Waddle, who gives you all the speed in the world. You get Devonta Smith, who has some of the best hands, best route running in the world, and you give Tua. Not only two first-round caliber elite wide receivers, but two wide receivers that he's very comfortable with. These are guys that he's thrown to his entire career. Tua threw a, a touchdown pass in the national championship game to Devonta Smith in his freshman year when they were both freshmen. These are guys that he knows, he's friends with, and they're not reaches. These are guys that are both values at 12 and 18. And I think it makes a lot of sense going into year two with Tua because you need to surround him with more talent. The next pick, our boy Mac Jones for the Washington football team because Alex Smith, not the answer. Dwayne Haskins got cut for fucking making it rain on strippers during COVID. Wild move from Dwayne Haskins. Jamarcus Russell type move from Dwayne Haskins. Then you have uh, Kyle Kyle Allen. Then you have Heineke. Just awful quarterbacks. I know Mac Jones isn't. He's not everything that you could ask for in a quarterback, but he seems he seems like a solid quarterback. He played really well this year. He probably would have won the Heisman if it wasn't for Jalen Waddle getting hurt. Because I think Jalen Waddle eats into Devonta Smith's production enough to the point where Mac Jones wins the Heisman. And in that scenario where that happens, maybe that pushes up Mac Jones' uh, stock a little bit. Because I think quarterbacks winning the Heisman, what, the last three have won, have gotten the first overall pick. But back in the day, when when you won the Heisman, it didn't mean shit. You, like, Tim Tebow won the Heisman. He wasn't drafted first overall. There, there were a lot of guys that won Heismans and didn't get drafted highly, especially as quarterbacks. With this next pick, we got the bears and i think that this one makes a lot of sense we're gonna go with a wide receiver because i think in this in this scenario what i'm, I'm basically projecting what i think most likely happens i think the bears don't re-sign Allen robinson i think that he goes he's he's trying to get the farthest away from mitch trubisky or any bad quarterback as he can so he leaves the bears and they get somebody that i think profile is very similar to Allen robinson a guy that can catch every pass that's strong athletic big you get rashad bateman the alpha wide receiver from Minnesota. And he's a guy who has a profile that is solid, bro. He he was out there. He he competed with Tyler Johnson. Still was the uh, borderline alpha in that offense. Came out there this year. I think that he held out initially and then he came back. He's looked great this year. Rashad Bateman looks like a true alpha wide receiver in the league. I think he's going to fall a little bit from Minnesota. But we'll see how he runs at the combine. But I think that he's a, a great prospect. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Bears. Now next up, we have the, the Jaguars. And I think that they end up picking Jalen Mayfield. And strictly for the idea that you have to you have to protect Trevor Lawrence. They don't have a crazy offensive line. Get an offensive tackle in there. I don't care if he plays right, if he plays left, but get a guy in there to protect Trevor Lawrence because I think that they they're gonna learn the lesson or they're gonna learn their lesson vicariously through the Bengals who just they didn't upgrade their offensive line. They threw Joe Burrow out into the fire and he got hurt. He got hurt badly. It's it's kind of getting unreported how bad that injury was. He was struggling to walk. It, it, it it's a it's a solid move to protect your quarterback. You don't want to you don't want to have the next Andrew Luck. You don't want to have Joe Burrow happen to you. So you go out there, you grab Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. I haven't heard a, a, a lot of things about Jalen Mayfield, but I know he's solid. Uh, I know he's a good prospect. And at this point, you just take a shot on an offensive tackle and you, you throw him right in there. Now, next, we're going to have the Colts. And the Colts are interesting because this is a team that needs a quarterback pretty bad. But I think maybe they trade for Carson Wentz. Maybe they're the team that gets the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes. I'm not sure, but at this point in the draft with Mac Jones off the board, all the five other ones, I think Kyle Trask is a little bit of a reach here. I'm not sure Kyle Trask is going to be that uh, that quarterback that they could even start right away where it would even make sense. So I think the Colts go out here, and T.Y. Hilton's getting old. Paris Kimball keeps getting hurt. Michael Pittman they just they just invested on last year. I think they get, they get one more piece in that offense, 
and they go out here and they grab Rondale Moore, the home product out of Purdue, out of Indiana. Rondale Moore is a guy that was getting a lot of buzz. He, I've, his freshman season at Purdue is one of the, the greatest all time for wide receivers. He, where he's going to get a lot of knocks because he's small, but he's a thick boy. He can play all the spots. He can, he, he can take carries out of the backfield. He can do it all. Rondale Moore, to me, is a top three, top four wide receiver in this class. He has, he has everything that he needs to be a stud wide receiver, and he has the early age production. Rondale Moore is a, is a special dude, and I think that he, he fits well in an offense like the Colts that want to get the ball in the intermediate parts of the field, in the short parts of the field, the off the, the running game is going to open up a lot of things for Rondell Moore. I, I, I'd be excited to see Rondell Moore in Indianapolis. Then you have the Browns, and the Browns are, this is kind of a this is kind of a boring pick, but the Browns give up the fifth most points to opposing tight ends, fifth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. I'm not sure what other stat I could even look at to see, like per position, but they're just bad against other uh, tight ends, which usually falls on the linebackers. They were rolling out there with like a, they were rolling out there with a fifth round rookie, Mac Wilson. They were out there with a, a BYU guy to like some Hawaiian dude. They were out there with Jacob Phillips, like a third or fourth rounder from LSU. They're they're two middle linebackers, and I think they run a three four, but I could be wrong. Their middle linebackers are just poor. So they go out there and they grab Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, who who looks to be just a solid just a solid middle linebacker. Nothing too flashy for the the Browns, but they don't they don't really have a lot of needs. Then. Then you have Tennessee, and I think this pick has to be an edge rusher for them. Davion Clowney came in, and it looks like Audrey Davion Clowney can really do is stop the run. He's not a pass rusher. The they have they had no pass rush. They only they were third last in sacks last year, and they go out and they grab Joseph Asai out of Texas, who could be a really clean pass rusher for them. He has 10.5 sacks in the last two seasons at Texas, and he looks he looks the part of a guy that could be a Harold Landry on the other side for them. So. You pair him with Harold Landry, and hopefully you get those sack numbers up. I think they were below 20. I think they were at 19 sacks on the year, which is just really bad, especially for a team that is so good because that means that the other team is usually coming from behind, passing the ball a lot, a lot of pass rushing situations, and they didn't capitalize on them. All right, next up we have the Buccaneers, and assuming that Tom Brady comes back, assuming a lot of their key pieces come back, they're just trying to get whatever player can affect them right now. And I think what they do here is get Elijah Barrett Tucker out of USC because I think he's going to come in there. He's right away. He's going to start at center guard. He can he can play in, in multiple positions and he can plug right away at guard. I think that their offensive line still needs some work outside of Werfs. So he comes in there as a depth piece that could easily start. And I think it just makes the most sense to protect Tom, a guy that he doesn't do well against pressure. We've seen the Super Bowls against the Giants. If you can rush the passer on Tom Brady, it never looks good. So you get another offensive line in there. Elijah Barrett Tucker, he can start right away. And I think it makes a lot of sense for them. Then you have the Ravens up next. And I think very easily for the Ravens, they have to go wide receiver here. Especially because, here's my prediction. I think that they probably fall short in the playoffs because they get behind in a game. And they don't have the wide receivers to make up for it. This is what happens most of the time with the Ravens when they lose games. I love Lamar Jackson. But Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews isn't going to cut it. Marquise Brown is not a number one wide receiver in the league. He is at best a complimentary receiver. He's just a, a speed guy. I, I haven't seen enough from Marquise Brown to, to say that he is... Uh, an alpha wide receiver to even say that he's a really solid number two. He he's looked he's looked promising in his rookie year. He had a down year in his sophomore year. Uh, I take that back. He can be a number two. He can be a field stretching number two, but he'll never be a Tyree Kill level alpha wide receiver where you can set and forget him as your number one. And I think that they want the they're probably gonna want the anti version of that. They don't want a small speed guy like a Kadarius Tony or something along those lines. I think they go Terrace Marshall at LSU. He's a big physical uh, guy, and he was kind of overshadowed by 
Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and all their greatness last year. And this year, he came into their own. He came into his own. Jamar Chase was hurt, or not hurt, he sat out. And then you have Terrace Marshall, he's in there. He's a 6'3", clashing wide receiver. He showed out this year. He he produced pretty well for being in that offense last year as a sophomore. And I think that this, it makes a lot of sense for them. I think that they're going to be pressed to draft a wide receiver as long as they don't sign one. They're a player to, to sign a guy like Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, anybody like that. After that, we have the Jets. And I think, I, I love this pick. I think they go Chris Olave. They pair Chris Olave with his college quarterback, Justin Fields. Gives him a little bit of a connection. And I know it didn't work out with Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin, but I think it makes a lot of sense with them. Chris Olave, he's an underrated guy. I think that he kind of, he has a very similar game to Devonta Smith in that he's a good route runner. He's undersized. He has that, that top end speed, 4-4 something. And the only difference is that he was a three-star coming out, but he's Justin Fields' favorite weapon. He's looked great in spots. And I like him as a first, like a late first round wide receiver. Now, after that, it was it's very close for me with the with the Steelers. I know they have a lot of needs, but I think that first and foremost, they're gonna go running back if they don't sign one. The Steelers are a team that they love to build their, their offense around the run. They loved when they have James Conner, when they have Le'Veon Bell, Rashard Mendenhall. You can go down the list with Mike Tomlin and his running backs. And I know he wants to he wants to bring the running game back to the to Pittsburgh, especially if they're in a spot where it's Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, or maybe like a Sam Darnold, and they kind of have like a field man or yeah, like a game manager type quarterback in there. And I think they're going to go Najee Harris, running back out of Alabama. They get a big physical running back. He can catch. He can do it all between the tackles. He looked great. He's athletic. He fucking just hurdled the guy on Notre Dame. Brings him in there. And that's going to be their running back of the future and probably the the 101 in rookie drafts for all you guys that are out there that follow Dynasty. And then next up, we're going to have the Saints. And pretty easily, I think the Saints go, they go Sean Wade and they need a cornerback opposite of Marshawn Lattimore. They get another guy out of Ohio State. I'm not sure if the Saints are Ohio State guys, but it just makes sense. Sean Wade was a guy that probably went first round last year. He stays for another year. He's a senior. He's a guy that can start right away. They grab Sean Wade as more of their, their physical corner. He can play opposite Marshawn Lattimore, and it helps him win a championship right away. Then you have the Bills, and I think the Bills go with uh, the kid Samuel Cosme. Where is he at? Samuel Cosme out of Texas. I think he's a guy who's a, a clean clean tackle and I know that Josh Allen hasn't taken a lot of sacks this year it's not it's not that this is a problem it's just that let's grab a tackle for our franchise QB our offensive line is good but it's not great so let's get a, a cornerstone left tackle to put out left or right tackle and just plug him right in there I'm sure Cosme could even play in the guard spots if he absolutely needed to to kind of get brought up but you might as well add to that offensive line I don't think they have any really pressing needs they could go with a guy like ETN I don't see it though Singletary and Zach Moss I don't think that they would cut one of them to get a guy like ETN I also don't think that the corners or anything like that are are good enough for them to bring them in. So I think they go Samuel Cosme. And then you have the Packers who go Liam Eichenberg. They're going to learn from this Bakatiari injury. Back, the the Bakatiari injury might be what keeps them out of the Super Bowl. And I think because of that, they want to add to their offensive line depth. They're going to they're gonna kind of see what happened without David Bakatiari. And that's, that's going to be what scares them. And I think that they're going to get Liam Eichenberg. They're going to get him in here. I'm not sure if he's going to start right away, but he's a guy that can that can kind of learn from Bakatiari and they can get their next left tackle cornerstone piece. He's a Notre Dame guy. Notre Dame has a very good track record. They have Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin, uh, Ronnie Staley. You got Mike McGlinchey. They just they got all kinds of really big names out of Notre Dame. So you get Liam Eikenberg and he's going to be in there. He'll be a cornerstone tackle. In the last pick of the first round, we're going to go Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma for the Chiefs. because I think that just makes a lot of sense. Uh, you get him in there. He's gonna he, he, Kalechi Osmele. He, I'm not sure he's gonna get signed. 
uh, next year. They're, they played without Lauren Tardif, uh, whatever his name is for the Chiefs. And you want to just add to that interior, especially because we saw Clyde Lawyer didn't really uh, run the ball too well. Nobody really ran the ball too well besides Darwin Thompson, which is pretty funny. But you might as well get Creed Humphrey. He's a he's an older player. I believe he was a captain, but I'm not sure. He's going to play right away. And now, as you guys can see, that wraps up the mock draft for today. I had a lot of fun making this out for you guys. And uh, I appreciate you guys watching it. If you made it this far, man, I really appreciate you. Make sure you go down below. Leave a like, subscribe, comment. If you enjoy football videos like this, make sure you subscribe. I always come out with videos like this, football videos, basketball videos. I do a little bit of fantasy football, some UFC. It's just an overall sports content. I have fun on this channel. A Madden video is about to come out on this channel. So really whatever you guys are into, whatever you guys like, let me know down below and I'll consider it for content. Also, uh, probably the best way to get me to make a video is by joining the Discord. On the Discord, uh, if I ever do a mock draft where I have actual people, if I ever do a, a fantasy draft, if I ever want to do a best ball draft or like a March Madness bracket, all those links will get dropped in the Discord first and foremost if I live stream, anything like that. So that's kind of like the premium section of this channel without having to pay anything. So it's free. You go down in the Discord, you join it. You go down there, also subscribe. It's also free. Now, one more thing. So make sure you follow me at Ron Stewart underscore on Twitter. And as always, man, I have a lot of fun making these videos. This is the first of many mock drafts to come. Look for one after the Super Bowl. And as always, man, I'll see you guys in the next one. Bad bitch. Bad bitch. Bad bitch. Body bitch. Make that body flip. You know I don't know karate, bitch. We dropping bodies, bitch. They say shooting is my hobby, bitch. And I'm a problem kid. Walk up on the roof of August and they with that talking shit. Bobby, bitch. Oh, yeah. Bobby, bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bobby, bitch. Oh, yeah. Bobby, bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bobby, bitch. Oh, yeah. Bobby, bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bobby, bitch. Bobby, bitch. And I'm down to catch y'all. Bobby, bitch. Just sit there, homie, switch. And I